we have the opportunity right now to suffer for our faith from time to time. Uh, we also have to make sure that we could still reach those people so that companies like Amazon Web Services can't simply erase a ministry from the internet and all the places it's able to reach. And we can get that voice out there by building on more solid ground, places like uh, what we're, we're trying to do right now at Right For It, just provide that solid ground for people to build their ministries and, and their websites and their companies and their social media platforms off of. Welcome to the Christian Emergency Podcast, a podcast for Christians spooked by the growing hostility in the culture today. We will tackle a range of topics from current events, persecution, missions, and what it means to be the church. You will gain valuable insights from those experienced working with persecuted Christians around the world, insights we all need to chew on in these strange days. Together, may we help the church stand. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Christian Emergency Podcast. I'm Andy Coleman, your host, and today we are going to be tackling a bit of a practical topic, more than spiritual, but it involves the cancellation of Christians. And yes, I know many of you might be shocked, but sometimes our message as Christians is not well received by the culture at large or the elites that control many of the entities that get to shape messaging. So, that is what we're going to be drilling into, and to help me unpack that, I am joined by Chris Bedford of Right Forge. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Chris, would you just introduce yourself to our audience and talk a little bit about Right Forge? Absolutely. Uh, I'm Chris Bedford. I, I'm a senior editor at The Federalist, a news site, and I intended to be in journalism my entire life before that I'd spent a decade or a little more at The Daily Caller, which I'd led for a period of time. And I ended up joining Right Forge a little, just a little bit over a year ago to work with some close friends of mine because we saw that the threat that big tech was posing to Christians, to dissenters of any kind, generally to our cultures and our, our freedom uh, in this country and globally was, was too much. I didn't see a future for, for honest journalism or anything else without that. And since... Well, without that free technical internet. And since I, the, the, the thing which had pushed me over the edge to to leaving journalism and joining uh, Right Forge, or at least taking a little bit of a hiatus, I still spent some time at the Federalist, was when a company called Parler, which is a social media competitor with Twitter, a very minor competitor, was taken off their internet servers by Amazon Web Services, a major server company. It was also boxed out of two of the most important stores to, to get those products, the Apple Store for the iPhones and iPads, and then the Google Play Store. All those things hit at once, and it destroyed a major company. And I thought, this is just another level of what we've been seeing, a growing antagonism for years and years and years in Silicon Valley toward dissenting voices, including Christian voices. And I think we've been borne out in the, in the months since. Initially, this problem of Christians being targeted, some of the early examples would be like people like Brendan Eich, a co-founder of Mozilla Firefox, one of those browsers, who was fired for, in his private capacity, giving donations to protect the sanctity of marriage in the state of California. That was a terminable offense for him. He lost the company that he had helped create. Since then, that's continued to accelerate, and it's not just big, high-profile, wealthy, powerful people like Brendan Eich who can land on their feet. But as people like Texas Right to Life, Christians down in Texas who are fighting to try and to try and help people deal with the state's new abortion laws and help make sure that there was actual enforcement of these abortion laws, they were deplatformed by their company. They were hacked by left-wing uh, 
and atheist uh, hackers. Uh, and the New York Times and the Washington Post cheered it on. So Right Forward is a good example of what we were able to do is we got them back online. We defended them against further hacks. We helped them get their fundraising across. And this is just these 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 are just two different people on opposite ends of the spectrum. A big tech, a very wealthy person like Brendan Eich, and then a, a Texas activist down here on the lower level. But both of them are under attack. So what we're trying to do now is it's pretty important. So obviously this is important, and you at Right Forge are taking steps to to protect the ability to get your message out, the ability to connect digitally. There's a lot going on. What is it that you're actually building? Right, so RightForge is the servers. It's the infrastructure that the internet is built on. At least that's how we started. Uh, these are the things, these are the, the kind of supercomputers is what they look like. The kind of things that you might see old black and white photos of at NASA, that's what they look like. But those are the, that's what the internet is built on. So when you go to a website, whether it's Facebook or just your local church website, and you're clicking on different links and you're, and you're clicking on different buttons and being brought back and forth, the, what brings you back and forth is pinging back and forth the information that is stored on these servers and is transmitted through these servers. They are the building ground of what the internet is. And traditionally, this was a non-political space in the United States. Foreign countries have long had more control over this part of the internet. But in the United States, as long as you weren't breaking the law, servers did not come into this. No one was coming at you to try and shut you down. That's really started to change in the last couple of years, thanks to big companies like Amazon Web Services, which have gone in and said, well, if somebody's unpopular or we don't like what they're doing, we're not going to wait for government lawyers. We're not going to have our lawyers defend them. We're just going to terminate them for being able to access our our, our website uh, or maybe to access their own websites. We're going to take them down. We've built server locations and acquired server locations in over, over 30 different places and six different continents. We're able to transfer that. We're able to uh, hold that information and get people back online. And we're expanding really rapidly. So we're, we're getting the server infrastructure in place for a company that's going to be a massive social media platform with millions and millions and millions of users at every moment. That takes a lot of server capacity. We're building that up right now so we can get ahead of this game and, and just put people online who may not be popular with all the political thoughts of this exact moment, but who have an important thing to say in, in the political dialogue in this country. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to just cue this up for our listeners. Many of our listeners are just normal people sitting in the pews at church. They know that everything around them, not everything looks right, smells right, and they're concerned. But many of them are not tracking this at all. This isn't an issue on their radar screens, and it needs to be. You're right. In other countries, this has been more of a prevalent issue. I used to work in some of those countries, and I know that you know in surveillance states and police states, it can be very tricky yeah, we have some very savvy Christians out there who have found workarounds in, in these different settings. So I'm encouraged. It's a, a cat and mouse game to an extent, but we have some very clever Christians who are going to continue to get that message out there. But a lot of people just sitting in churches, they're not tracking this at all. And in fact, yeah, they might be seeing some of this going on. They're seeing, for example, on social media or different settings where they notice some doctors are not allowed to speak or be profiled. Some people who comment on topics, they aren't able to sell their books anymore or things like that. But it, it seems to be a onesie-twosie, and that's for the ones that are paying attention. But as we're trying to prepare Christians for more pressures coming online in the future, maybe not the too distant future, but as we're trying to think through this, we need to prepare and think through that now. How could this affect you now, maybe you own a small business. 
Maybe you are a nonprofit and you have a website or web presence, and maybe you're a ministry and you're trying to get the gospel out. Maybe you're trying to get the gospel out in some areas where it's not well-received by the authorities. All of these things come into play, and what we really need to think through is how can we take some reasonable measures to establish ourselves in a way that it's going to be much more difficult to cancel us, to cancel our message, or our ability to speak in the public square you mentioned when you started that it was when this app called Parlor got killed and a lot of money went into it, a lot of investment went into it, and it was designed to allow people to have the freedom to share ideas that might be unpopular or squelched in other settings. And I've heard it described as having the ground collapse from underneath it uh, from a structural standpoint. How exactly did that happen? How was this entire app and this business just erased. So it's, it was erased by the arbitrary decisions of the people who are in charge. The Amazon Web Services was one of the biggest server providers in the entire world. It's it's massive, and that's the one that Parler was built on. Amazon Web Services traditionally was it was considered to be an e, have an ease of use aspect, which also kept people from being able to leave Amazon Web Services. And what that was was when you built a website using their servers, you had to use their tools in order to do so. What that kind of attaches you to AWS in a way that you can't get off of it because you use your, their tools to build it. You can't simply, simply switch to another server platform. It takes a team. We do have teams like that at RightForge, which work to help people through that. But when Amazon Web Services suddenly decided, that, just like you said, we're going to pull the ground out from under Parler, they're no longer allowed to exist. They accuse them of being a place where the January 6th ride at the Capitol was organized. That ended up not being sustainable by any facts that were ever provided. They, they did that and, and Parler could not just get back up because they didn't have all this code to themselves that they could just move to another server. This was a period of time when they were the number one most downloaded application on the entire planet because of the decisions that Twitter had made the day before to suspend access to his listeners to President Donald Trump. So at the peak of their success, the ground was torn off from underneath them. And it, at that point, it was going to take weeks in order to them to rebuild and recode their website in a way that could exist on any kind of a platform off of Amazon Web Services. But it's exactly like you said, it's, 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 some things are secular and political and some things are religious where we've always been taught and we know that the darkness really does hate the light. And if you're a Christian out there, you've got a ministry, you've got your church, you've just got your group, and you're saying things like marriage is between a man and a woman, like Brendan Ike said, well, then you're considered by, this, by the darkness right now in this current society, a bigot. If you say that a man is a man and a woman is a woman made in the image of God, and, and not changeable, not simple, simply a social construct, then you're a bigot and you can be taken down and the press will cheer for that. If you say that abortion is murder and that every life is precious, like the people at Texas Right to Life did, then you're a bigot again who can be taken down and you'll be cheered. And, and that, that attack on you will be cheered by, by a lot of people in the corporate media. And you know, this, this at once provides a, a good opportunity to Christians because we have to fight to actually have our witness. We can't, it's not easy. Being a Christian and showing up at church on Sunday isn't just a prerequisite to get a job like it might have been in some more peaceful times in this country, just part of what you do. Now, if you want to actually stand up for what we know in the gospel, stand up for these truths that have been that have been taught to us, stand up for our faith, then we're going to suffer for it. And there are people that you've dealt with all over the planet 
who suffer at a much greater extent than anything that we have to deal with in this country, who will be canceled from life, who will be martyred, who will be who will lose their jobs. But we are starting to see this in the United States where your voice is no longer allowed to be to get access out there. It's not allowed to go out there. We've seen the corporate media cheering like they did for my local uh, Catholic priest when he got COVID and nearly died, saying he was selfish for trying to reach out and minister to people during COVID. We've seen really troubling signs here. And while we have the opportunity right now to suffer for our faith from time to time, uh, we also have to make sure that we can still reach those people so that companies like Amazon Web Services can't simply erase our a ministry from the internet and all the places it's able to reach. And we can get that voice out there by building on more solid ground, places like uh, what we're, we're trying to do right now at Right For It, just provide that solid ground for people to build uh, their ministries and, and their websites and their companies and their social media platforms off of. We will return to the podcast momentarily, but first, a word from our sponsor. Being a Christian today can be hard. This is true if you live in a heavily persecuted country like Iran or areas where cultural pressures against Christians are growing fast, like America and Europe. Fortunately, none of us have to stand alone. We are part of a giant body, one huge spiritual family that spans the globe, that is the church. The Christian Emergency Alliance is committed to helping the church stand, regardless of the pressures to come. As a 501c3 nonprofit, the Christian Emergency Alliance strives to help our spiritual family when persecution hits. We also strengthen the church by supporting ministry that makes Christ famous, defends biblical truth, and prepares fellow believers for challenges ahead. You have the opportunity to make a huge impact in this work today. Become a monthly financial ally of the Christian Emergency Alliance by signing up at christianemergency.com. Your support of $25 a month or a gift in any amount will bless those who need help in these darkening days. Help the church stand today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. Register today at www.christianemergency.com. And now, back to the show. Well, you bring up a lot of good points right there. One of the early things that you said just reminds me that we as Christians just have to get used to being called names and knowing that that does not reflect who we are and it's not accurate. It's just a bullying device. It's designed to silence and, su and to suppress. And we got to let that roll off our backs and just not fall for the lie that uh, is being pushed our way. That's going to be helpful for us in the days to come. You also mentioned how there are people, there are Christians that are suffering in other countries tremendously. Some of them are in prison. They've lost tremendously. They've paid a tremendous cost. But here's a component of all of that that I don't think a lot of Western Christians appreciate. I had the opportunity to, to speak with persecuted believers in many countries and pose this hypothetical to them. And the hypothetical went like this. If you had an option between taking a beating, you take one to the grill, you get roughed up and kicked around, you lose some teeth, would you rather have that as option A or would you rather prefer option B? And that is no problems come your way. You don't get roughed up, but you lose your job. Every single one that I posed that question to, they said, give me the beating. They said, I will take the beating any day, but let me provide for my family. I've referred to this before as smart persecution in other countries. Other countries have been very sophisticated at this. And it's basically being able to kill the church by squeezing it out. It's burying it in red tape. It's making it disappear. It's making people unable to provide for themselves, and it just chokes out the local body in that area. It doesn't generate any headlines. There's no blood in the streets, nothing splashy to run with in the media. All of a sudden, though, that local church presence is really gone. And so 
those patterns are playing out here now on a global scale in Western nations. And some of us are like, what is going on? But that's what's going on. And that's why this topic is so important and for us to really consider and appreciate right now as we're going forward. One of the other things that I would like to see happen is if opportunities like yours, if efforts like yours, which take a tremendous amount of resources, I know there must be a lot of people pouring their time, talent, and energy and resources into it just to make it get off the ground. But um, I would love to see if there's opportunities like this to have people stop self-censoring. I get this impression that people are really thinking they have to shape their words and be very delicate to, to just preserve the ability to use some tools that are used to communicate freely and openly in this society today. And the tiptoeing through the tulips like that is not great. And especially when we're at times sharing an unpopular message like the gospel, doing outreach, our message is offensive to a dying world, and it will try to suppress that. So there's a lot of reasons why I'm excited about this. Can you share with us other ways that this might be helpful and maybe that some people are not thinking all the way around it when it comes to small business, little nonprofits, things like that? Maybe they've already launched a website and they're just trucking along and they haven't considered this. Maybe they're thinking of setting up a website. What else should they be thinking of? So I think that we've seen over the last couple of years, we've really seen where how the left de- devalues uh, the secular left really just does not value religion. It was treated like a hobby during COVID-19. It was, it, you could go to the grocery store, you could go to the liquor store, but you couldn't access religious facilities. And we also learned a lot about which religious leaders were willing to stand up for us and which ones, like you said, were just willing to go along to get along and to try and use that power. But we've learned from the response that they've gotten and the pushdown that they've gotten. And as opposed to being allowed to be more free, they've been more and more under the control of secular forces that we need our own kind of economy. We're at a, we're at a dangerous place right now where Christians and all kinds of dissenters, whether you're Dr. Scott Atlas dissenting on, 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 on COVID regulations or, or Elon Musk dissenting from some big tech or Glenn Greenwald, the reporter dissenting from some of the democratic talking points or Christians dissenting from some of the secular worldview, you're being pushed out by our economy. We need to create our own. So, well, social media and things like that, the cancel of Donald Trump, have been very flashy aspects that have caught, I think correctly, a lot of attention in our society of places that are a danger. After the January 6th riot, we saw a number of different organizations, conservatives be threatened, not simply by social media companies, but by the very companies that they rely on to operate their businesses, whether it's the ability to accept donations to programs that do that, the Stripe program that allows credit cards to be swiped in order to accept payments, uh, companies like MailChimp that allow people to uh, businesses and nonprofits, et cetera, to send out emails uh, to to reach their audience and reach their customers or reach their donors or reach whoever. Those uh, those companies that la- allow you to even manage your local business and do your payroll and and keep track of who's on what healthcare. All of those different kinds of companies reached out to people who I know and threatened to cancel them unless they changed their 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 belief structures and their viewpoints. There are a lot. It shows you that these companies are willing to make that decision to target people based on their beliefs, and it shows you that we need to have an alternative economy. For years now in this country, a lot of our big investment firms, our banks, for example, have refused to make loans or investments in American energy production or in fossil fuels, is what they call them, or in gun manufacturers, legal gun manufacturers here in this country, et cetera. So those are another example of places where the economy is being restricted based on the arbitrary decisions of those people who are in charge. And those people who've shown a real hostility to Christian ideas, 
What people who are dissenting need to do is have access to their own banking institutions, have access to companies that, in our country at least, in the United States, will go by the Bill of Rights as opposed to just some political doctrine who will protect people's ability and their religious freedoms and their ability to do commerce. In order to have those banks in any way kind of successful, in order to have these institutions, these companies that allow you to do payroll or send an email or use use Gmail, for example, some kind of email provider, uh, any of these to be successful, we need to have the internet. So that's one of the things that Right Forge is doing is creating that infrastructure that won't arbitrarily take you down. That if some if the if somebody wants to come and say this website's bad, they're bigots, whatever, we're not going to care. If the government comes to us with lawyers and a warrant and says this company is breaking the law using your servers, then they can speak to our lawyers and we'll determine if that's true and we'll have to take action there. We don't want uh, we don't want illegalities going on here, but. We need the firm ground, and that's what we're trying to provide right now. We are providing right now for different people of different uh, views, different opinions, to be able to build comfortably within the confines of the law and know that they are able to have access to this growing economy that we have to create on our own if we're going to continue to succeed and to prosper. It's interesting when you're describing these parallel systems. Um, Rod Dreher joined our podcast and shared about how Christians were able to overcome the challenges behind the Iron Curtain under communist, uh, real t- heavy oppression. And he talks about the development of a parallel polis and almost like a, just a parallel Christian culture that was able to exist uh, in the midst of all of that. And it, I'm just hearing a lot of what you're describing as these parallel systems. You know, you're endeavoring to provide this parallel digital capability and capacity that Christians could continue to use and others that just don't have opinions that are in official favor and you're right, it extends far beyond that, all kinds of ways that a switch could be flipped and all of a sudden services are stopped. So there are these strategic vulnerabilities that we have to think through banking and all kinds of other things. But I like what I'm hearing in your approach, and I've got to imagine this is part of your troops mentality, and that is that there are many problems. We have many problems that we're facing. This is a serious moment, an inflection moment in the West. And it's it's a crisis already globally, but there's also opportunity. All of these problems are opportunities, opportunities for others to rise up and meet. We have entrepreneurs. You know, God has wired some of us to be really good at launching businesses and meeting needs and doing it efficiently. We have some that are really technically gifted. I'm not one of them, but they're out there. There are others that are really good thinking through systems and all of this, and all of us have a role to play and to think through. I just want to encourage our listeners to not be naive to the times and to to realize that there is a, a fix, but there's also opportunities even right now that are being developed. And I'm grateful for all of the people that are working hard to make these opportunities available to us. Let me ask you this. You're developing this system that maybe I'm a, a new business owner. I'm I, I'm a Christian business owner and I want to put my website up. I hear this. I can start looking to you. What if it's too late? What if I created a website somewhere and I just got the plug pulled? Are you guys in a position right now to help resuscitate, reclaim, and relaunch websites that have been dropped? Yes, we are. So for example, with with Texas Right to Life, when they came under, they were deplatformed. They were kicked off of their website. Their website went down. This was the weekend that Texas had passed the laws which repealed some of their wild abortion regime that they had in that state, pulled it back and it put it into a more confined area. This is a big week for Texas Right to Life. They'd been fighting for this for months. 
it was a big time for their ability to raise funds to battle all the lawsuits that were coming their way and all the expenses that were coming their way. And it was a holiday weekend as well. And they were taken offline. So our team got on uh, a number of months ago, worked around the clock in order to get them back online. And then we're able to defend them from uh, over a week of sustained hacking attacks from around the planet, although mostly in the United States, from hackers who hated that they were able to get back online. This is the kind of thing that we absolutely can do, although being, of course, moving ahead and, and being on the right platform in the first place, using the right servers in the first place, is a much safer place to be. We've now withstood attacks from the Chinese communist government. We've withstood attacks from a number of attacks from different uh, hacking organizations and been able to get through that. Uh, we spent most of 2021 building and, and building on a number of major clients that we have. And while we're hiring and expanding our servers, we are largely handing on those clients with white gloves. We've had so many people who've expressed uh, going to rightforge.com and signing up, expressed a real interest in moving their platforms over to us, their websites over to our servers. And I'm really looking forward to in 2022 as we hire more people, which we're doing all the time, and as we acquire more servers to be able to onload all those different groups from the small church groups to the local businesses, to the bakers, to the bigger corporations and companies that you might have heard of, and to those who just maybe aren't even political, maybe aren't even uh, in, in what they're doing online and, and what their websites are doing, having strong points of view, but who are tired, sick and tired of spending their money towards big tech companies that really hate them and hate their way of life and are opponent to them. So a lot of these folks, even if their websites aren't political or what they're doing is not political, they don't, they don't, they want to control where their money is going. And that's yeah. why they're coming to us. 2022 is going to be a good year for getting those kind those types of folks back online. That's a great point. I think that Christians can pray through and consider where they are directing their dollars. How are they spending that? Um, are you just pumping it into companies that hate your guts or are there ways to really support others that might be like-minded or just open and receptive and not trying to squelch your ability to speak? So that's that's really good points. We have to adapt and overcome in the settings we find ourselves. Are you all in a position where you're able to help you know, groups internationally, like from all these different countries where there might be similar pressures or is this right now a, a Western focus? Right now, this past year, we've had largely a Western focus. So though, of course, the websites are accessed from all over the planet by users. So we do have servers in every single habitated con uh, continent of the, of the world. And in the future, we'll be looking at things more globally. But there's so much of a market here right now that we're that has largely been the focus of this last year and will be much of the focus for this coming year. Of course, we're always interested in, and we've taken on a number of different cases, for example, that maybe we wouldn't have gotten to yet because of where we've been building and where we've been focused. But there's an example of a church group that was hacked by Islamic extremists and put all over their, their website, their message. We were able to, that was a client that maybe we would have been handling in a few months, but they got some time. But because of what they were going through, we made an exception and got them on. Just like you said earlier, there's so many opportunities for entrepreneurs right now. It's the limits seem endless building the second internet. And as we as we grow and grow and build these foundations, I think the world is the limit on that. Are you guys positioned where if somebody has a website set up currently that they can essentially create a shadow version as a backup so that there's some healthy redundancy there in case they get the plug pulled and they're able to immediately seamlessly keep upright? Or is it really you have to like kind of pivot and fully transition? Generally, you have to pivot into a full transition, but there have been some companies that 
have very delicate aspects of their website that they're concerned about going down. For example, there was one company that had previously tried to transition to a different server company that wasn't as good, that had lost some of their important abilities that their website needed to provide. So we have for companies like that, that are in those kind of delicate situations, set up a complete and total shadow website to show them that everything is working, let them bug it, debug it, let them go through and make sure everything was working before they ended up making that final transfer. But most companies are generally not going to be interested. We could do it, but most companies are not going to be interested in paying two different server bills to have two different websites. Uh, and they'll usually want to switch to one or the other. But we've, we've, we've done the dry runs before to let folks put their minds at ease that everything is going to be fine. And that when they do make that switch, that leap of faith, that they're not going to lose core aspects of their company. Got it. Let's say I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian organization, I'm a ministry, I'm just a person that has a, a platform. I'm hearing this. What steps can I take to start working towards this ability to have a more robust, resilient internet presence? How do I go about doing that? Well, the ones that they could do that are, that are through us would be going to writeforge.com and registering the domain and what exactly they're looking to do. I can tell these, these folks out there, because I know that Money can be tight and money's an issue that our rates are competitive or often better than all of the major providers out there. Uh, so the people don't have to worry about that. We've got the full teams on board that are able to move those folks over. So it's not like, like you said, you weren't too technically, uh, you don't have a lot of technical prowess. The guys I'm working with all the time, they blow me out of the water with the technical prowess they have, but I would be intimidated to move my website to servers because I'm not exactly sure what that would always entail if I was the average person with the site. We have the teams on, uh, on our staff that can move them over. And as this new year, 2022, proceeds and we bring more people on staff, then we're going to be able to start really answering and reaching out to all those folks who are working to get on us and not just be focused on some of the big at threat companies that we've been working with the past year. Well, as we wrap up, it's rightforge.com. Chris, I really appreciate your time. Are there any other thoughts, things that we really didn't touch on that you would want to share with those that are listening to our podcast? I think you touch on a lot of them and I love, I love what you're doing and God bless you for it. But I think one thing that's important for people to take away from this is that this cultural war that's being waged on us, it's not taking any hostages and there are absolutely no civilians in it, whether it's at the schools or in the sports level or in children's entertainment or in the companies that you decided to purchase from or the, or the, the charities that exist that you may have trusted for generations that you can no longer trust. There are so many aspects of our society right now which are making it very difficult to work with them. They're making that that are targeting Christians, that are targeting people of faith in every way. It the one of the most important things that we can do, even if we're not having our own online website, or even if we, we really do trust our charities, is just to like you said earlier, let figure out where your dollar is going. Be a discerning consumer. Make sure that the people who you're spending money with, the people you're working with in your local economy, your local community, are folks that are really aren't against your way of thinking. And it, it can be very frustrating. I spend a lot of time trying to find different companies that I, I want to send my spend my money to. And I'm far from perfect. I've had to buy from companies I don't always like. But realizing that this is something that affects us all, our children, ourselves, our grandchildren, our, our family and our friends and neighbors, and then trying to alter your life in a positive way toward it and where to direct our resources is just a, a first step toward, I think, pushing back in a good way. You're absolutely right. At times, it can seem intimidating. It seems like there's almost institutional capture in a lot of the the business worlds, and you look at where you could, you know, get your products or your services from, and boy, it can be intimidating. But you're right. There's a lot of opportunities out there. There's others that are 
really stepping up to the plate, and we're grateful for that. And we serve a big God. I think God moves powerfully when we see most weak, and I'm just excited to see how he navigates through all of this. Well, Chris, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you raising this issue for us and our listeners. And again, it's rightforge.com. Go check them out and just start thinking through how this might affect you, your local business, or your church. Thank you very much, and God bless you and your listeners. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today for the Christian Emergency Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Also, tell your friends about us and ask them to subscribe as well. To learn more about the Christian Emergency Alliance or financially invest in our ministry, visit us at www.christianemergency.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you again for listening and stand strong out there.